What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you're locked in and tuned into the 3FN Podcast. Of course, as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are going to get back in that Wayback Machine, and we are going to review the 1993 classic National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. But before we can get there, I'm your host, Rich. And the nerds are not all with us this week, because unfortunately, we are coming to you on a different day, and Diesel could not make it. However, joining me as he does next to me, and I'm going to give a shout out to uh, when we were doing a 3FN Rewind on the, uh, the main program. He is... The Sam Jackson to my Emilio Estevez. It's Ron. Emilio! Well, I think you just peaked everything. <laughs> Thankfully, I bring the audio back a little bit or else we'd have blown eardrums wherever you're listening. But uh, I, I had to in that moment decide if Emilio Estevez was the star or if Sam Jackson was the star. And I, I, I figured I'd just be Emilio. That's right. And it worked perfectly. You didn't. You could have dropped your, your sick and tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane, though. You know? I, had, well, I, had, I had options. I had options. You keep yeah. me on my toes, though. Options are great. You want to know the sad thing is sometimes you give me an introduction and I think about like going home, I go, fuck, I fucked up that introduction because I had a better one later. Maybe I should just give it to you early so you can think about it. But then you might no, overthink no, no, it, no. and then you wouldn't get yeah, like, yeah, the no, no, natural no, no. I, 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 like, I like how it goes because, honestly, guys, he doesn't tell me any of it when he does it, and he just does something different every time, and I try it. And that's why I try to get the reactions off. Yeah, so that's what I like about it. But I, I do – there's been a couple times, like when you said was – Got the wrong lottery numbers once again. Yeah, I was got like, not one, not two, not three, not four, <laughs> I was, I was but like, five wrong lottery numbers. On my way home, I'm like, damn it, I fucked that up because I could have been like, that's what I get for using Leah Ripley's measurements. Ayo, <laughs> ayo. Well, uh, with that being said, Ron, how's been your week? <laughs> uh, it's been can't complain too much. It's a normal, been a normal week. Uh, nothing crazy at work. And, uh, things have been going, you know, like normal. Uh, I have purchased a truck and finally got the paperwork done for that today so it's at the mechanics just to get a couple things looked at so it is roadie josh's old truck Ooh. so i have now become a truck guy you're a truck owner so that you know i'm still going to keep the little car around for a minute you know because the, the insurance isn't up until like july so there's no point in taking it off now you know finish it up just in case i need a, something second or something um, our Wednesday group last week, you know, D and D group, Matt, we're working through the spell jammers campaign. Uh, and it, it's going, it's, it's fun. And you're kind of doing how to put it like, uh, it is one of the campaigns where you try to do outrageous stuff, you oh, know, okay. like, like, like it is like pirates of the Caribbean just in space. Like you're, you're like, you're swinging from one ship to another. So he's allowed us to get, cause we start, cause he started off at level five. He's allowed us to get some pretty hefty magic items too. So like we're just doing like really cool things, and it's one of those campaigns that's kind of fun because like you're you're meant to swing to a different ship, you're meant to, to you know, try to push somebody overboard in the spa vacuum of space, and in you know like kind of Flash Gordon esque things as well. So you kind of just blend that together. So doing like stupid and fun stuff at the same time. So if if you're uh, on the fence about doing like a Spelljammer campaign because it's you know it's pirates in space. Uh, you can do it because you just have fun, especially with the what they have in the books. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So. That sounds cool. Sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. Like you said, cause you start out at level five and you just already have stuff. And it's like, okay, he's like, you get this. And then we did a couple things and got money quick. So we're like, you go, you can go buy stuff. So I'm like, all right, can I buy this? He's like, yeah, but that's going to take up all the money. Okay, done for it. <laughs> like yeah. I, I got my music because I'm a bard. I got a musical instrument that allows me to cast spells while playing it. So, being a bard, I have my own spell list, and then I have what I can cast with this instrument. So, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to sit here and start casting spells. And it's, <laughs> well, it's pretty like cool. Pretty cool. Sounds like fun. Uh, my week's been pretty easy for the most part. I mean, we I've had, you know, hanging out with the family, uh, getting some stuff taken care of. Of course, uh, got to uh, watch the Super Bowl. Super was Bowl. Over there with the, the Ken M in the, in the group, and we had a good time watching the Super Bowl. I mean, I always hate when the Chiefs win, but whatever. Yeah. You know, as a Raiders fan, fuck them Chiefs. It's, uh, it's rigged. WWE is real and NFL is rigged. There you go. And, of course, uh, we were, you know, a day late because of, like I said, I had some personal puzzle. I also uh, got an opportunity, and I was the uh, guest co-host of the ODPH this week. So that was fun. Check out, if you're not listening to the ODPH for sports and entertainment, you should be listening to the ODPH. So I got to co-host the show, so it was a lot of fun. Well, you know, you know, if you, you know, 
you know, 10, if you really want to up your numbers, I, I know somebody that's pretty funny that could, you know, join over there, you know, help you once in a while. I know, I know I bring something to the table that could raise some numbers. Well, I mean, we know the same guy. <laughs> if he wants to borrow tone, we could get him out there. <laughs> hi But uh, outside of that, you know, just had to having a good week. I got a lot of movies to go see this week. Yes. Uh, we, we got Wednesday as we're recording on Tuesday. This show comes out Wednesday. We're going to go be seeing, going to see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey uh, as a Fathom event that's damn near sold out and they opened up another theater which is kind of mind-boggling to me hey whatever i'm glad oh well yeah i'm glad for them but i guess that is kind of mind-boggling and then of course uh, thursday 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 we're going to see the movie that will be the 3fm movie club review next week and that is ant-man and the wasp quantum mania brother i'm actually kind of really excited for this movie yes and uh, so we got a lot of that going on plus big wrestling weekend as well like there's like a million shows on the 18th uh, which is saturday including wwe's elimination chamber oh, and sick. also yeah and also new japan pro wrestling's oh. battle in the Valley's going down where Mercedes Monet That's makes her uh, in ring well, debut for New Japan. Well, now I'm glad that my my original plans aren't happening on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of forgot that was on. So yeah, so 607 TWS, which is already out for everybody listening to all your pro wrestling fans. Check that out. But next week we'll be reviewing all that stuff as well. But that's enough about us. Hopefully, everybody that's listening had a great week as well. Before we can uh, jump into this week's show, though, we got to take care of a little business. That means we have to do some shameless plugs. Of course, if you would like to find out any information about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go visit 3FNPodcast.com. It's your one-stop shop for everything. All our social media links are there. Uh, the link to the Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. Uh, for as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. You really help support everything we do here. Also, on top of that, the T Public links there. There's links to all the shows, the 3FN Podcast, 607TWS. There's friends of the show like the ODPH Podcast. You can get a link to their website. Plus, you can just stream the show right from our website. Plus, while you're there, check out the musical directory that features the bands that allow us to use their music, including Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song for the 3FN Podcast. Also, while you're there, check out those sponsors uh, because they are who help bring this show to you commercial free each and every week but we're going to give them a quick shout out right now of course first up our main sponsor dragon master games for all your magic the gathering gaming needs visit them on the world wide web dragonmastergames.com also if you're in the 607 and you want your car cleaned and looking brand new take it over to rex two rods auto detailing uh when you're ready to put the pride back in your ride give them a call at 607 uh 344 Six seven or six eight nine nine, and they will be able to hook you up. Tell them that the three FN podcast sent you. Next up on the list, we also have our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down August 25th and 26th in Vernon, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino. Uh, for all information, including tickets, who's going to be a celebrity guest there, including Felissa Rose and everything else, go visit them at SciFiHorrorFest.com. And last but certainly not least, the official energy drink of the 3FN podcast, Dubby Energy. They've declared war on big energy. Go check out what all the fuss is about with their tremendous flavors as they have sample packs. They have tubs and they have shakers and uh, all sorts of other merchandise as well. Go check it out over at W.GG. That's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. And of course, while you're there, when you go to the checkout, use the promo code 3FNPOD. That's right. The number 3FNPOD. And you will get 10% off of your order. And guess what? If you like what you get at W, you can use that promo code each and every time you order to take 10% off. So thank you, W Energy, for being one of our sponsors. W.GG. See, I came closer to the track this time. I didn't get as much of a break as I like to get. Hey, listen, I did go on the W website. They did. They do have the new shakers back in stock, so you can get a trial sample with that. Oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna make, I'm probably make an order this week. Oh, awesome! And like I said, use that. You Definitely. use that three FN. I, I need I need to find I need to find something better for energy drinks than what I do. I'm doing because they're killing me slowly. I, I have some at home. Obviously, I have tried it. It's very good. Yeah. I do like it. I I got the I, du- I got the Dub Sludge, and it's kind yeah. of like a Granny Smith apple. It's it's kind of I will say this, and and this is not a slight. It was weird because I was expecting the powder to be uh, green. The powder is like a a, a pinkish purplish yeah. color, 
but it ta- it turns kind of a greenish color and it tastes delicious. Nice. Yeah, I I I've ha- I was when I signed up after we brought it up. I they're like, oh yeah, your numbers, your phone number's already here. Why aren't you getting our text? I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Why <laughs> interesting. But yes. So with that, let's get this party started. We even though Diesel's not here, we have to end up over at the Diesel's movie triple stuff. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. That's right. Even though I'm not Diesel, this is Diesel's movie triple stuff. Let's start with that box office. And we had an interesting one. I want to point this out. We're not going to just give the top five. I'm going to give the six movie for a reason because... At number six this week, falling all the way from last week's number one was Knock at the Cabin, making another $5.4 million. That sucks. Number five this week, which was number five last week, was Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, with another $5.6 million. Sorry. At number four for its second week, and it was number two last week, 80 for Brady, with another $5.8 million. At number three, it was a new, it's it's new to the box office this week. However, it's not a new movie. It's Titanic with the 25th year anniversary, $6.7 million. Why? Well, you know what? James Cameron's having a good week because at number two, also <laughs> directed by James Cameron, Avatar, The Way of the Water, moving up from last week's number three to set for seven another $7.2 million. Why? And that leaves our number one spot, and you will be a v- very happy about this, making its debut on the list. Magic Mike's Last Dance, $8.3 million for the number one slot. And I only made it 30 seconds into the movie, and I was done. I went home. <laughs> uh, well, that's all you needed. So, <laughs> listen, Ron, sometimes listen. all you need is that 30 seconds. And yeah. usually this is the point where we usually break down what movies are coming out, but let's be honest. There's only one movie that's coming out this week that the world is going to be talking about, and it'll be the clean-cut number one next week, and that is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, brother. And that, of course, comes out this upcoming Friday. Technically, we are going to see it on preview night on Thursday, but yes. still, it comes out this Friday. And the following week, once again, it's another one of those situations where I would list off all the other movies, but let's be honest. There's only one movie that's going to win all the money that week, and that is Coke. Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. I hope so. By the way, that's the next two weeks of 3FN Movie Club reviews for you guys as well. I love it. Moving right along, we're hitting uh, the the top three, you know, our, our, our... you know, featured maneuver, if you will. This, if, if we were to a pro wrestler, this would be our finisher. This week, in honor of the movie that we did this week, which is a movie from the past, 1993, so 30th anniversary, it is your top three parody films. And I will go first, Ronald. So the, my top three parody films. So these are movies, obviously, that are spoofing more serious movies. My number three spot goes to Not Another Teen Movie. Uh, I, I've always enjoyed that. Of course, Captain America is in uh, Not Another Teen Movie. That's right. Chris Evans is got a role in that. He's, he's the star. He's the male lead in that movie. Uh, amongst a ton of other people, it's a real funny movie. My number two spot goes to Scary Movie, the OG Scary Movie. I, I really like what they did there, and I also like Scary Movie too. However, it started to go off in the weeds after that, but Scary Movie was tremendous. And in my number one spot... It is the classic from 19, I do believe 1978. I'm doing this off the top of my head, folks. Airplane. You know, it's a, don't call, you know, my name's not Shirley. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. I just got a lot. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am. And don't call me Shirley. Uh, fucking Leslie Nielsen legend. Yeah. It's yeah. a fucking great movie. If you've never seen Airplane, I suggest you go see it. Yeah. Ron, what's your top three? Uh, number three, this ain't married with children. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, pulled one out there. Yeah, I had to pull something funny from in there. Uh, number two, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with not another teen movie. It's 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 a solid parody movie. Uh, number one, I'm, I'm I had it between uh, airplane because that is such a classic. But since you had it, I'm gonna say scary movie because all the scary movies are a solid one too. They're they're they got all the comedy beats that you need. Airplane is just a classic, and yes, it's it's up there. But I. I could pick something different. I, I absolutely agree with you there. I absolutely agree with you, Ronald. Great top three. Hopefully, if you guys would like to share your top threes, hit us up on the social medias and tell us your top three parody movies of all time. And now, with that, we need to move right along because when we exit Diesel's movie triple stuff, we enter right into. Welcome to Three Fans Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. 
And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it's now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. This week, we went back in the Wayback Machine to go to 1993 to review National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. And if you're a new listener, thank you for tuning in. Or if you haven't been with us long and you haven't heard us review an older film, I also appreciate you as well. So we're going to go over it. It's a little different. So normally, as you know, we give all the spoiler-free stuff in the beginning, who made the movie, all of, uh, you know, like who's in the movie, all of that. We give in the beginning. And then we go and have the break, and there's the spoiler full review after. Well, for older movies, what we do is we still give you who's in the movie. We still tell you all about the movie. And then we just go right in. There's no break. We go right into the full review because it's a 30-year-old movie. If you if you don't want to see it, we'll give you a warning that we're going to go right into the review and spoil it. So, therefore, if you can see it. But, I mean, as a 30-year-old movie, a lot of people that haven't already seen this movie, or ha- even if you haven't seen it in a while, are probably not going to go back and watch it until after we talk about it anyways. Right. So, we try to get away from the middleman. It's nice for time and for you. So, with that, Ron, shall we dive right in to National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1? We are diving in like the beaver. Okay, so there was only two synopsises for this movie. <laughs> so, first of all, oh, man, I forgot to play the sounder. That's how bad of a host oh I am. Oh, my God. You know? It's because it's Tuesday. Man, I got a story to tell. So there you go. So let's talk about the synopsis. There's two of them. Here we go. So the first one is the shorter one, obviously. A spoof on Lethal Weapon, 1987. Other movies, TV commercials, etc. Two unlike L.A. cops investigate a cocaine and Girl Scout cookies case. By the way, that is the worst little synopsis of all time. I mean, in essence, they hit the beats, but how it's put together is terrible. So here's the longer-winded one underneath it. In the wake of his former partner's gruesome murder, the experienced LAPD detective Wes Luger finds himself following a faint trail of crumbs in the last and most important case of his career. Now to catch the elusive killer, Wes reluctantly teams up with Jack Colt, a grieving loner and a loose cannon, and no movie franchise is safe, including Lethal Weapon 1987, Dirty Harry 1971, Die Hard 1988, and The Silence of the Lambs 1991. Before long, the Seductively cryptic owner of the Wilderness Girls Cookie Factory, Misdemeanor, becomes embroiled in a dangerous criminal conspiracy orchestrated by the nefarious Vietnam War veteran General Mortars, and the bullets start flying. Can the mismatched duo thwart ruthless mortars? Master plan? Do they deserve a sequel? I wish I sounded like the Batman, uh, you know the Batman sound over guy from the old 60s TV show? How great would it be if I could do his voice there? I really think that that would have been the best. I'd have to re-listen to it and try. All right. Well, let's, uh, before we uh, tell you who made it, we got to go through the little stats here. Of course, this was released on February 5th of 1993, so it is 30 years old. It has a runtime of one hour and 24 minutes. The budget for this film is estimated at $13 million. It's opening weekend, Ron. It did $9.2 million in the U.S. It's gross. In the U.S. is the same as this gross worldwide. I will tell you that it made its money back. What do you think the gross was? $18 million. Uh, it was a little higher than that. $27.9 yeah. million. So almost $28 million because it was at $27.979. Yeah. So almost uh, $28 million. So pretty good return on its money, believe yeah. it or not. Double this money, and that's always a good time. So now that we know what the movie's about, now that we know the stats for the movie, we need to switch on over and find out who made this movie. Who made this shit? That's right. Who made this shit? And of course, this movie was directed by Gene Quintano. Uh, Gene Quintano is, he has directed quite a few movies and quite a few movies that you would know of. And by quite a few, I mean five. He's written more than he's directed. (laughs) Okay. Uh, He's most known for his writing, by the way. Uh, One of the movies that you would know that he wrote, Police Academy 3. He also wrote Police Academy 4 and Police <laughs> Academy 5. And he also wrote uh, a movie that we're very fa- big fans of, Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme, amongst <laughs> others. But what he directed, <laughs> which is far less, uh, his first movie that he directed was a movie called Why Me in 1990. And his last movie he directed was a movie called Funky Monkey in 2004. So that is uh, what we have on this for Gene Quintano. Uh, he is still with us. He was, Although he was born in 1946, so good Lord, he's had a hell of a run. 
let's switch over to the writers of this film. And Gene Quintano is also listed as a writer, hence why I named some of his writing, but he did not do the major lifting here. The story and uh, major screenplay for this movie was written by Don Holly. He has one credit, and that is Lethal Weapon Loaded Weapon <laughs> 1. Uh, and then, or sorry, I said Lethal Weapon. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. See, look at it, I'm already messing it up. Uh, the other part of the story was done by Tori Tellum, who's also only has one credit, and that is also National Lampoon's Loaded <laughs> Weapon 1. So two people who only did one movie, and uh, good old Gene, who I think his claim to fame is right in Sudden, sudden Death. Yeah, yeah, Sudden Death, great movie. Sudden Death, great movie, great flick. Well, uh, as we always do, we'd like to check out the cinematographer for the film as well. And the cinematographer for this film is Peter Deming. And Peter Deming probably sounds familiar to some of you because he has done a lot of work in Hollywood, and we've recently done one of his movies. Uh, his first movie that he was ever the director of photography on was The Evil Dead 2. Oh, that's so, right. Yep, so yep. think about think about that. He was uh, he also did Scarecrows, which I know you know. He yes. did he did the uh, Purple People Eater. Remember that movie? Oh my Dude, god! Dude, remember Purple People I, Eater? I, I haven't seen it in forever. I had to rewatch it, but yes, I remember the. Title. Peter Deming was also the director of photography on House Party, the original Ooh. House Party. He was the director of photography on Drop Dead Fred, My Cousin Vinny. Dude, dude, so far as he's hitting home run after home run, that was all before Loaded Weapon. Yeah, he after Loaded Weapon, he did Son in Law. Oh, the Dude. best Thanksgiving movie ever. Joe's Apartment. Remember Joe's Apartment? Hi- highly underrated. Lost Highway. Austin Powers. Scream <laughs> 2. Mulholland Drive. He would come back for Scream 3 as well. He actually did all the Austin Powers movies. I should throw that out. From Hell, which is my favorite Jack the Ripper film starring the great Johnny Depp. He also would go on to do The Love Guru. Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me Hell so good. Here's a movie that I know you and I both love, The Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Oz the Great and Powerful. Dude, I, I could keep going, but I'm not going to keep going because we would be here all day. So good. His most recent film, though, and we did review it here in two grave reviews, The Menu. Oh, so good. Dude, uh, I got to say it. Peter Deming, one of the greatest cinematographers probably alive. Uh, and he- that's a hell of a fucking. Well, like it's also a bunch of different styles of movies. Like, and, oh, he, and he gets them all good. Oh, absolutely! He he nails every one of those movies, and it's it's just phenomenal uh, the work he did. So let's talk about the actual film itself, and let's get to uh, you know the people who you know get more credit because they were on screen. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? Of course, the stars of this film's first up is uh, Jack Colt, and he is played by the legendary. Can I call him legendary? Uh, I think you can. Emilio Estevez. Emilio! <laughs> yes, a little later this time. And uh, I just want to point out, he is the younger brother of Charlie Sheen. He is? Yes, and he is the son of Martin Sheen. What? How in the world could that have happened? I don't know, but he is the only one of the Estevezes that uses his real name. Like, why? I do not know. Is it something about Hollywood and... I, I well I, yes let's be honest without diving, without, di- without diving in the woods too much when Martin Sheen came to Hollywood he changed his name is Carlos Estevez and because at the time and they're Cuban and yeah. at the time that was not a very popular thing to be especially in Hollywood so he did change his name to the stage name of Martin Sheen yes. and his son who would be Charlie Sheen whose name is Carlito Estevez because yes. he is a junior he uh, changed it. He followed like his father and just called himself Charlie Sheen. Emilio Estevez, on the other hand, said, "Fuck it, I'm going to use my real name." Emilio By the way, like, I'm Emilio, dude. He's. I want to point it out. He's got the better name. He does. That is why. Um, Emilio Estevez has had 47 credits, by the way, to his name. His first movie that he was in was a movie called Tex back in 1982. Uh, the first movie that most of us remember him from, though, is The Outsiders. Yes, that's right. He was one of the. And that was a star. Literally a star-making movie. Of course, his first gigantic movie that most people remember him for, though, is The Breakfast Club. Yes. Followed by St. Elmo's Fire. That's right. He was a member of the famed Brat Pack. Uh, Next up, he would be in a movie that me and Ron love, even though it's terrible. Maximum Overdrive. So good. It's such a great shit movie. Let's be honest with it. And then he would be in both Young Guns and Young Guns 2, playing William H. Bonnie. Of course, Billy the Kid. Remember that? You know, remember no, no, don't trust me. Oh, you know, trust me. But a fan, a super fan, Borum, John Borum will tell you how much we loved Young Guns and Young Guns 2. Listen, I do like Young Guns. I'm li- big listen, fan. I, Arkansas Dave over here, buddy. Yeah, all right. So, like I said, he plays William H. Bonnie, of course, <laughs> better known as Billy the Kid. And then uh, I, I can't miss this movie, by the way, folks at home, because we have a member of our family. 
uh, our extended 607 podcast family, the 3FN family, who will give me shit if I don't mention this movie every time it comes up. And this is a 100% facts. Ron will attest to this. Rody Josh, he was in a men at work. Such a great movie. <laughs> he was also in Free Jack. And then, of course, a lot of our younger... Sorry. I, no, I just... Free Jack is one of those movies that I watched when I was too young. I need yeah. to rewatch that because I don't think I got it. I didn't. It's not the fact that I didn't like it, but I think I was just a little too young for it. Right, you could be right. For most of uh, the younger viewers out there, you'll remember him as Gordon Bombay in the Mighty Ducks franchise. Of course, after that, the first Mighty Ducks movie actually came out before Loaded Weapon One. Uh, he was then in uh, Judgment Night. That's a great movie, by the way. That's, yeah, that's another uh, one. With uh, Cuba Gooding yep. Jr., amongst others. He was in the first Mission Impossible movie. Uh, on top of that, he's done a lot of like other smaller movies over time. He kind of like took a like almost a sabbatical away from Hollywood for some years. His most recent project he did was he returned for the first season of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers TV show on Disney Plus before leaving that show as well. Uh, so wishing him the best in everything he does. Of course, his major co-star in this movie played was Wes Luger and he's played by the man, the myth, and the legend all rolled up into one and I'm not talking about Diesel we're talking about Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson and yes you have to, I think he has to drop a motherfucker in every movie. The one thing that pissed me off always was in Star Wars when he doesn't. See we got, he plays Mace Wandu I, I know we're jumping ahead here but What are you talking about? I heard it when he was falling out that window He should have, they should have let him get away with You can get away with one. Yeah. You can get away with one and it's Sam, Sam Jackson. Stop. So let's jump into his filmography, which I want to point this out there. Remember how I said 47 for our good friend Emilio Estevez? Yeah. Sam Jackson's been 197 films as an actor. And he, got, he started late. Well, no. Believe it or not, that's a misconception. He only got his star late because he, his first movie was Together for Days, where he played a character named Stan in 1972. And then he did a few different TV shows. Nothing a big. I mean, I think the biggest thing he did was Ragtime in 1981. Right. Uh, but most people will remember him from his the first real movies that people remember from is either School Days, uh, that was the first Spike Lee joint, or Coming to America, where he was the stick-up yeah, guy yeah. coming to America, which was tremendous. He would also come back for Spike Lee and a bunch of Spike Lee movies. He was in Do the Right Thing as well. You go on. He's been in everything. Mo Better Blues. Dude, he was in The Exorcist 3. He was in Goodfellas. That's right. Sam Jackson is in Goodfellas. Go back and watch it. You'll see it. He's also in uh, one of my favorite roles that he ever did. 1991's Jungle Fever, also a Spike Lee joint. Uh, he does. If you've never seen it, just go onto YouTube and put Sam Jackson crackhead dance. Yeah, yes. And he does the crackhead rap where he's basically, I'm a crackhead. Uh, he was in uh, Juice with Tupac Shakur in 1992. Uh, he did Patriot Games. Like, dude, he is like, like I want to say this before we go any further. He has done so many different movies across genres. I'm not going to do his whole like filmography, but Jurassic Park, True Romance. I mean, this guy has been Pulp Fiction, of course, a huge one. We all remember his role in Pulp Fiction. And then you go on, he was in Die Hard with a Vengeance with Bruce Willis, which I think is the best Die Hard movie. I There, I said it. Right. I said it. One of my favorite comedies of all time the great white hype he stars oh, in that right. he was in 187 he was in jackie brown he <laughs> was in seven yeah out of sight the the negotiator remember the negotiator yeah. of course he was in star wars episodes one two and three as mace windu uh deep blue sea deepest bluest my hat is like a shark's fin i mean he even has a role from wwe smackdown in the year 2000 when he was on there promoting shaft i just want to throw that <laughs> out there because uh, he was in shaft of course he was in the unbreakable series so unbreakable in glass because he did that of course we all remember him from and i know it's django but we call it django here because it's just funnier he's in the triple x movies i mean shit i'm not going to continue on snakes on the plane listen if you do not know who sam jackson is of course most recently you know sam jackson as the one and only nick fury from the marvel cinematic universe what so i don't i don't think that i need to continue on with uh, the sam jackson we're just kind of putting his ass over tons his last uh, film project that he is in was 2022's Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, where he plays the voice of Jimbo. So Sam Jackson does it all, literally does it all. Uh, I'm going to kind of fly through these next guys. They're the two main stars, but there is a ton of people in this there movie. There's so much. So I'm just going to fly through and maybe just give them some credits because a lot of these are smaller roles, but they're fucking phenomenal people. And I think we do need to give them some some uh, nods. First up, we have playing Tim Becker, John Lovitz. <laughs> Dude, if you do not know John Lovitz, SNL cast member, uh, High School High comes to mind right away. Tons of things that John Lovitz has done. John Lovitz is great. Of course, we love him 
in Southland Tales as well. Also in this movie, the legendary Tim Curry playing Mr. Jigsaw, Rocky Horror Picture Show, IT TV series, the movie Clue, and so much more. Yep. Uh, by the way, this is how 90s this movie is. <laughs> Kathy Ireland plays Destiny Demeanor or Ms. Demeanor. Oh, so fucking hot, bro. So hot. Remember when she was like the IT? Oh, oh she's still the IT girl. I don't care. Holy oh, shit. Uh, William Shatner is in this yes, movie yes, as General dude. Mortars. Of course, when he William showed Shatner. up, I was like, is that really William Shatner? I'm like, yes, it is. You know, Captain Kurt, let's, let's be honest. He's he, That's what he's most known for. Freeze Boy before in a ton of things. Uh, Bill Nunn is a police photographer, and he does a great job. You might know Bill Nunn as Radio Rahim from uh, Do the Right Thing, amongst other movies. He's super, super good. Lynn Shea is in this movie as a witness. Lynn Shea would go on to be huge in horror films. Yes. She was in the Grudge remake that just came out not that long ago, or sequel, whatever you want to call it, requel, <laughs> I think is what it officially is. Also, she's in the Insidious films. Uh, she's tremendous and great if you don't know who she is. I think you do if you've seen her uh, making a real big cameo in this movie the one and only James Duhon Scotty and he even drops the line I can't do no, a cotton it's gonna so, blow so much fun uh, I love that that's in there of course we mentioned a little earlier Charlie Sheen has a cameo as a valet in this movie it is fucking <laughs> hilarious by the way uh, it's one of the better scenes in this movie uh, D- uh, Dennis Leary Mike Mike McCracken. Mike McCracken, one of the guys in this movie. The legendary Dennis Leary. Of course, uh, speaking of people who were uh, married to Charlie Sheen, Denise Richards was in this movie. She has a small role as uh, Cindy in another one of those big cameos. And uh, uh, we have to talk about two of them because Diesel's not here. Well, check three of them. Sorry, three more for you guys. Paul Gleason was in this movie. (laughs) We've talked about him. He was in Die Hard, amongst other movies. You guys know Paul Gleason best from The Breakfast Club as uh, the principal. But uh, the one that Diesel would be upset if we did not mention, playing a young cop in this movie, Corey Feldman. (laughs) Yeah, I barely noticed him, by the way. Yeah, it was quick. And then, uh, last but not least, playing the comic cop, the late, great Phil Hartman. Oh, God, it was so good. Dude, as soon as I saw Phil Hartman, I'm going to be honest, I marked a little bit. I was like, I forgot he was in this film. And I went, oh my God, it's fucking Phil Hartman. I'm dead serious. And there were so many other people. I just don't want to sit here for another three hours and listing off everybody. Yeah, it's, it's, so. it's a parody movie with a lot of cameos. They have a lot of cast. A lot of cast. They're, they're, they, they're big on cast. So now it's time for us to talk about the movie. Once again, we're going to give a real quick... I'm going to play the spoiler just because I want to cover our bases for anybody who doesn't want this movie spoiled, but it is 30 years old, so I'm sure that that's not going to be an issue, but we will play it just because we want to do our due diligence. So we are going to be dropping the spoiler full alert right about... And this movie is going to be a movie where we really do not go scene for scene because as a parody film, this movie jumps all over the place yeah, on purpose. Does. I mean, it's heavily parodies Lethal Weapon. Our two main protagonists are pretty much based on uh, Murtaugh and Riggs. Yeah. So you have Colt, who is Riggs, and of course you have Sam Jackson's uh, uh, Luger, who is based on Murtaugh. Even he's, this is his last case before he retires. He's got 48 hours until he <laughs> retires. Yes, they chose 48 hours because of the movie, 48 yes. hours. So there, that you know, they, there's a lot of tongue in cheek in it and of course Colt is kind of crazy yes. uh, they show you he's crazy right away because he breaks up a uh, a robbery in a gas station where the guys <laughs> have all sorts of guns and it's funny though there's like yeah, a, there's a scene where he's next to next to one of the robbers shooting at the other robber at one point in juncture <laughs> I, it's just kind of crazy while the clerks are shooting flamethrowers and yeah. the store looks <laughs> like was, shit and then at the end they're bitching at him about destroying their store and he's like I know I know thank you you're welcome you're yeah, welcome you're welcome thank you thank you thank you but uh, so that's the kind of movie this is it's just wild and wacky and fucking crazy the whole time and it doesn't really let off it is a true comedy to that uh so let's go with some pros and cons of this movie let's start with the pros because i always like to start with the good portions of this movie listen i'm going to say that this first thing is going to be a pro but i'm going to talk about it as a con as well later this movie is dated for its time yes this movie's out in 1993 this is parodying movies from the late 80s early 90s you've heard us talk about other action films from that era whether it was on 3fn rewind or on this program and one thing that comes clear is that those movies are hit and miss (laughs) those movies are very because they didn't really care story be damned it was mostly about the action and mostly about the one storyline and we just did a lot of plot armor to get to to the finish and everything was about the action that happened in between that's how it was for action movies in the late 80s early 90s does that sum it up pretty well yeah so this movie's parodying the fuck out of that yeah 
All the way. Because on purpose, they're putting things in there that make no sense. They're putting plot yeah. armor points that may, don't even pay off and make no sense because they're just doing it to like make you chuckle, chuckle, yeah. ha-ha, and laugh. I mean, at one point in time, our protagonists are going through a hotel... <laughs> and they're going to level to level and asking if oh well is this the uh, is this the shootout because uh, the uh, main female character in this movie is played by Whoopi Goldberg uh, she doesn't live long she no. is the partner that dies early on we didn't mention her because I think she's uncredited in this film believe it or not I think so too because she's, she's, she's it's a fan it, she did it for her friend Sam Jackson yeah so she's not credited in this film but it is Whoopi Goldberg and when they're going through they just keep asking if th is this the shootout for no what are you guys rookies it's the third floor <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kind of like shit like that. So throughout it, but it's all aged. You can tell it's 1993 when this yes. movie's made. It's very 90s. The slang is all in 90s. The the, the hairdos, the hey. clothing. I mean, Kathy Ireland. I don't care what she's wearing. She's fucking sexy oh, as hell. So but what she's wearing in this, she's got the shoulder pads. Even yep. that's like an early 90s staple. Uh, so like you, you get a lot of that in this movie. And so for those of us who lived through the early 90s, and I was 10 years old, 93. Ron was a little older than I was. Like, yeah, so he was entering high school, right? Uh, 90. Yes. So, so this is kind of an era that we're very familiar with. So it's kind of a cool nostalgia run. So that for me is a bonus because I'm like, oh, I remember finally those action films. And I also remember finally what they're making fun of. So I was going down the road. So I'm yeah. going to say it's a positive, but it's also a negative. And I will just talk about that negative real quick is to anybody who was didn't grow up in that era, <laughs> yeah. you're going to watch this and go, what the fuck is that? Yes. And you're also not going to get the references because the nostalgia references are like commercials. Like uh, <laughs> during the thing, they have one of the people who was in Police Academy as one of the uh, cops. And his only role in this movie is to do different commercial breaks. Yes. Like when the Sarge comes in, uh, which Sam Jackson's a Sarge, and so we'll just call him Sarge. When he comes in, he goes, he goes, what's wrong with you? He goes, Sarge, I don't know if it's dandruff or dry scalp or what, but I, my head still is. And then all of a sudden he pulls out, Head and shoulders. <laughs> Try this. And then all of a sudden he's like, he comes the next time you see him, he's got it in his hair and he goes, it's tingling. That means it's working. <laughs> and I remember those commercials. Later yeah. on, his foot's on fire. So he gives him tough acting to actin, yep. yep. you know, because you have athlete's foot. And then, like, literally, there's these little commercial breaks. But if you didn't live through that era, you wouldn't catch these commercials because you didn't know them. Yeah. And some of those products aren't even around anymore. No. So that's why I said some, it's a, for us, we're marking out. Some of those products cause cancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for us, we're marking out about yeah. it. For us, we're like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. And there's a basic instinct part of it. Yeah. But if you didn't know what basic instinct was, you wouldn't yeah. understand what they're referencing and it's a solid beaver shot all the way <laughs> like and by the way this is a spoiler section not only is it a beaver it's a real beaver <laughs> like they cut to a real fucking stuffed beaver it's like because it's national lampoons yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't one of the beavers that they use for caddyshack probably because let's be honest it's, it, it's their <laughs> property so i'm sure that they used it so like you had all these you know funny inside jabs of 90s and 80s movies and i don't think that you know a lot of the younger folks would get this movie no so it didn't age well for them but for us older folks i'll tell you what i i had more fun and laughed at this movie uh, more than I thought I would, mostly because I was the nostalgia ride yeah. of it. Oh, I, I, was, I said the same thing when I watched it. Like, I, like I had a friend over; she was watching it too, and she was even laughing at it. And like, just the fact that it was like, hey, you know, this, this, you know, I haven't seen it in twenty years. Uh, I think it was, or maybe even twenty five years. But it was like, it brought some laughs. It's something good, something you know, like that. So another positive of this movie is I do like that it's only an hour and 22 minutes yes. long. Oh, it's a very, it's, it's, it moves briskly. It moves scene to scene. A lot of the scenes don't make sense with their cuts, but once again, it's a parody film. So they're not trying to make sense of it. They're just trying to get you through. They're just trying to get you to the it, point where yeah. we're just following basically, really the outline of the film is Lethal Weapon yes. when they mix other things in there. I mean, hell, Bruce, we didn't even mention it. Bruce Willis has a cameo in this yes, film. Yes, he does. Uh, they blow up the wrong trailer and Bruce Willis is there in his John McClane get up yeah. and he's just like by the way did you notice his hair was blonde yeah. so he must have been uh, filming uh, the movie he did with the, no it wasn't Fifth Element would have came out a couple years after um, The Jackal Oh, that's right. Shit, yeah. he, in, he looked like his hairdo from the jacket, yeah, so I'm uh, wondering if he was filming the jacket. He could, could have been, could have been actually. Which is a great that. movie. We'd have to do that at some point in juncture. So anyway, because I, I, either that or Fifth Element, but he, because he has blonde hair in both, but yeah. it looked like his hairdo from the jackal. No, Fifth Element's way later. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm. I was. We. It was very enjoyable to see all these things. I. I can't complain about any of that. The humor in the movie was really good. I mean, there's some jokes that fall flat because they died probably years ago. But I got a lot of the nostalgia stuff, so I, I enjoyed that as well. Do you have any other likes you want to throw out there for this movie? It is. It is 100% National Lampoon's parody movies. It, it. It cuts right down the line. It's. It's there. So you're going in. 
though like you said it's an hour and 22 minutes it's an 82 minute movie basically and it you know it, you're done you're in and out like i i kind of miss that for a comedy oh i do too like like like, like i like uh, an 80 minute comedy that just gets to the point and has a couple you know has the good comedy beats I, I'm all about. I think we've all uh, we've always said it here. Ninety minutes is the tops for comedy, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. You know, I I will let you get in like a more elaborate one. I'll let you get that hour forty five. Yeah. I don't want to see it as much, but I'll let you have it sometimes. But let's be honest, ninety minutes, right? That yeah. I would say, you know, the eighty to ninety minutes that were back in the day, those were the perfect comedies. Well, I think I think it. I think subconsciously that was also part of the parody too, because that you know in the eighties. There was you, you took a lot to get to an eighty minute movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like an hour and a half movie was long. At that oh time. yeah. So I yeah. think that's another reason why they did. It was like subconsciously like a little parody on on movies in itself. Well, I was gonna say like most movies back then, especially in the horror and comedy realm, were eighty to ninety yeah. minutes. Yeah. They were somewhere in that eighty. You, you saw a lot of movies 82, 85, 86, yeah. but that was where they were, and I think that that was perfect timing. And I, I still think to this day. Now, if it's a little more elaborate, I will give up. I. I the age where we started going to the two hour and beyond mark was kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, which at the time you were like, "Oh, we're getting more movie." But then as you watch more and more movies, you realize not all movie deserves two hours. Well, you got to remember uh, that happened in the early two thousands where yes. it really switched. I remember the first time I really noticed it was the summer that Bad Boys Two came out. Yes, and Bad Boys Two is over two hours long, and you're like, "There's no reason for that." Yes, no reason. No. And then there was like every movie that came out that summer, every blockbuster was two hours plus. And to this day, that's kind of carried on. Like, well, is it a really a movie if it's not two hours? No, no, it is because some movies. You you don't need two hours for now i understand like epics you need you know like a movie like dune and i'm not saying that i you know i'm uh, because it's my favorite but i'm just saying but it's an epic kind of feel movie if that goes over two hours you're like i get it you know hopefully it's good but i get it i get us i get a star wars going over two hours you know i'm just saying i'm not saying that you necessarily have to like it yeah i'm just saying that i get when epic films i'm hoping dune part two raises dune part one for me well, I'm just pointing out movies that I'm saying. No, that, I, yeah, you know, yeah, I know. That's I know. the kind of movie that deserves a little longer because they're epic, grand scale yeah. movies. Not an action film, a comedy, a horror film. They're not epic, grand scale films. They're 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 set to be in a world where it's lower. Dude, like like some of the fan films out there that are like an hour are amazing. Dude, I've seen fan films that are 30 minutes long that yeah. blow out fucking major oh, franchise yes. movies. Yes. Especially in the horror realm. You get yes. a lot of 30 to 45 minute fucking fan films Love that are it. tremendous. Love I've it. seen a couple Halloween ones recently that were way better than what we got in the last three movies. Once again, Lord save us for The Exorcist. <laughs> Moving on anyways, back to National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. With that, do you have, uh, let's start on some of the negatives. I started off already saying the nostalgia not only is a good thing, but it's a bad thing because I don't think it stands the test of time because if you are not somebody who knew that era you didn't know those movies you didn't know those commercials you didn't know the lingo and the slang you ain't getting this film yeah and also if you don't know all the cameos like you, the, a lot of the comedy jokes are with the cameos and if you don't know and like you don't know where it's coming from it it, it kills it. it it does kill it down gleason playing basically a mixture of the cop he plays in yeah. die hard and the principal from fucking breakfast yep. club that's funny charlie sheen's obviously in it because his brother is the star of the film Whoopi goldberg being in it because she Whoopi goldberg is the the queen of the action comedy yeah because i mean jumping jack flash amongst other movies like Whoopi goldberg you know this is the era of Whoopi goldberg yeah. this is when she was doing banger after banger and i think that's why she was uncredited she probably was friends with the director and sam jackson yeah. was like i'll throw you a bone so you don't have to pay me my full price yeah. to just make me uncredited credited because she's not credited for the film but we know it's her yeah oh yeah <laughs> uh but you know like and there's so many more like i said you've got police academy me- members that show up in this film because police academy was huge back then so you know them from police academy You're like oh that's so and so here's so and so so like if you don't know those stars though and you don't know those movies and like i said you don't know those commercials whereas for me and ron we went oh this is fucking great everybody else is going to be like, if you're a younger person who doesn't know that shit, you're going to be like, I don't know. I don't understand this film. Why is that funny? Yeah. Why is it funny that, that a guy that looks like a young Bruce Willis is coming out of a house that's blown up? Yeah. They're not getting the fact he's John McClane. Yeah. They're not getting the fact, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that that we have to run through. Uh, also, I want to, you know, my, my other big gripe about this movie is a lot of the jokes do not land. As much as I did chuckle about some of the stuff, there was a lot of the scripted jokes that yeah, just yeah, didn't you're right, you're right, you're right. land. Yeah, I remember that. Like, like the the funnier stuff is I agree with you is the parodies. The funnier yeah. stuff is like the cameos and the places that they're at, and then you get into like the actual written jokes. Yeah, Listen, they, they didn't land. I, I fucking love Tim Curry. Tim Curry's a <sighs> tremendous actor, and I feel like he was wasted in this movie. He was wasted completely in this movie. I feel, and then I'm gonna say this even worse. 
I hated William Shatner in this film, and I'm going to tell you why. You have William Shatner in a fucking parody film, and you have him doing a different voice? Yeah. Did you notice he's yeah. doing a voice? Why in the fuck do you have William Shatner in a fucking parody film playing General Mortars, a play on General Motors, yeah. and they make the joke in the movie, why do you have him not doing fucking William Kirk. Shatner? Yeah. He should just be doing, well, there's some cocaine on those cookies. Yeah. Like yeah. we should be getting William Shatner because that is funny. Yes. That is what makes it funny. Him doing a voice makes it sound like he's trying to do a serious role. And it's like, no. and not that I hated the voice. I'm just saying, we're doing a comedy parody film. Give me fucking Shatner. Yeah. Just give me the man that we all know. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what you should do. I mean, shit, Scotty's in the movie. Yeah. And Scotty does Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Right up. Straight he does up. the exact line. And it would have been even funnier if they saw him like walking by each other or something. And he just, Scotty just looked, go, Captain? <laughs> yeah. Some, something like that. You know, it, that's my whole point. Also, they missed the boat with having him being General Martyrs. And, and I understand they're doing the General Martyrs thing. He should have just been Captain something. Yeah. They could have done Captain Crunch even if yeah. they want to be smart asses. Yeah. Just because. Think about it. It's funny. Yeah. He was a captain. Like yeah. that's what we. Yeah. So that, I think that's one of the big misses in this movie. And there's a couple. I, no, other, I agree, hundred percent. There's a couple other people that were a miss, but I think you know Charlie Sheen on the other end it was fucking hilarious in this movie. He's got a small scene, but he's fucking ho- yeah, funny. Yeah, the shit. whole thing. Yeah. He just has this whole great dialogue, and it's just fucking hilarious, and it makes sense because you go, oh, Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez's brother. He was in Hot Shots. They reference Hot Shots because Hot Shots was also made by National Lampoon, so they yeah. they reference Hot Shots, and they're like, oh, this is kind of like Hot Shots. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's it's one of those things. And of course Sheen was the star of Hot Shots. So like there's those good things, but then you mix them in with so much bad stuff. And like I said, that's where it kind of draws flat for me. Uh Ron, do you have any other negatives that you want to bring up about the movie before we move on? Yeah, I mean, you're hitting it. It's a parody. Like it's so the negatives are like the scripted stuff, like you said, it are don't don't hit, which is weird. Um, a lot of times they try to put things in there for but it's like you're right. All the all the fun stuff that I was laughing at was the parody side of things or the nostalgia around the things. Um, this, you know, obviously, let's face it, the story was crap, but it's a parody movie. Like, Girl Scout cookies. You Painted know, with cocaine. Uh, cocaine, and they had to well, get Well, not it. Girl Star. We said it wrong. Wilderness Girls. Oh, Wilderness. Sorry, yeah, yeah they, they, same they, thing. they couldn't get the licensing, but yes, yeah, that's yeah, it's what the it same was. thing. But Although, Tim Curry dressed up like a Wilderness Girl was hilarious, though. <laughs> I'll give him credit. With the full beard. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, it's... In, it's just one of those it's a parody movie so it's just yeah it is what it is i hear you there well now that you've heard what we've had to say about it now it's time before we give our scores to find out what other people around the internet gave it and you know how we like to do that time to play the game time to play the game well, since Diesel's not here, we have to go to the single player, which we got used to when he was sick. But here's the thing. Diesel was your reigning champion. Finally got it back last week. His title is on the line, Ooh. even though Ron is playing against the house. So this week's rules are simple. I'm going to ask Ron the five you know, five different places. Ron is going to give me the score. If he's within five points of the score, he gets the point. He gets three points. He beats the house and wins. And he's your new champion. And Diesel loses the belt without being here. Ron, are you ready to play the game yes all right let's start with imdb out of 10 using points what did they give national lampoon's loaded weapon one this is the only one i'm not going to give you a clue for i want to go low but i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go six you're saying six so ron says six and ron gets the point the uh, score was 6.2 out of 10 oh so you start off with a point next up is going to be metacritic ron metacritic out of a hundred percent what did they give National Lampoon's Loaded Web 1? Your score, your your clue is, it is lower than IMDb, if you change it to percentage points. 52. 52 is what you're saying, yes. and you missed the point. It got a 30%. Okay. 30%. I didn't know how low to go. I'm not going to lie. All right. That, that first one threw me off. Okay, so with that, let's move on to Rotten Tomatoes. First up, the critic score. Ron, the critic score for Rotten Tomatoes out of 100%. Your clue is it is the lowest score out of all of them. 13. You're saying 13% and... You barely get the point because it was 18%. <laughs> it had to be in the And uh, I will throw this out there. That means you only need to get one left with two questions re- left. Ron, that means we're giving you the audience score. What is the audience score for... National Olympians Loaded Weapon 1. I will say this. It is higher than the Metacritic score. 56. You're saying 56. And 
It was 50%, so you just missed it. You just missed it. I was going to say 52 again, but I'm like, I'm not going to copy the same thing. You just missed it, Ron. Now that's going to leave us, last but not least, with the dreaded Google users. Fuck you, Google users. This is out of 100%. What is the score for Loaded Weapon 1? Your clue is that it is the highest score oh, fuck out off. of all of them, so that means it is higher than a 6.2 or 62%. Fuck off. <laughs> Not a crick, just freaking, or frick Google users are horrible. Um, I, 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 80. I don't want to do 80, but I got 80. 80. All right, Ron, are you, are you confident that no. that might make you champion? No. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes. All right. Yes, just well, going Ron. 80, because... Ron, we're going to find out. Is Ron the champion or not? Shit. I'm joking. I switched oh. you. <laughs> like, I, like, seriously, I had my eyes closed, so I didn't know where his finger was going. So By the way, like, 84%. So you hell? just made it. Yeah, just made that. it. I just want to throw out there, I had to do that. Like, it was a fake out. You know, you won. So Ron <laughs> is your new champion. He has won the Dude, crown I, back. I literally was had my eyes closed, so I didn't want to see where his finger was going. So I'm sitting on the side of the board where, where Diesel usually sits. So I'm like, I'm not looking at the board. I'm not looking at the board because I don't want to know until the funniest. The funniest part is I thought he was looking, so that's why I hit the fail horn first. <laughs> and because he's like, oh, crap, I lost. And I was like, never mind. I was just playing with you. It's a win. It was a win. Ron, you won, and that is awesome. Well, now that we've given out the scores from around the internet, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to give our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like... Uh your opinion man that's right and of course we are going to give the nerd score and i'm going to give my critic score for loaded weapon one the nerd score is a score that we combine our uh critic score with an entertainment score and it is a recommendation so like the end of the day the score is just a recommendation but we use our critic score mixed with an entertainment score which means that the movie could be critically bad but if it's super entertaining it could still end up being on the good list like maximum overdrive or, you know, so and vice versa. We did have a couple examples of vice versa, believe it or not, where it's critically it got a good score, but not as not as high on the nerd scale. So it's simple. The nerd scale is five parts, five levels. First level is a no. That means it's a terrible film and you should never watch it. A two is you've been warned. That means that it's not quite terrible, but it also ain't good. So you've been warned not to see it. A three is, ah, it's good. That means it's an average to good film. It's nothing that you have to go out and see. It's not essential. But if you end up watching, it's not a waste of your time. You'll be entertained enough. But it's not like it's something you have to go out and add to your collection or even put in a rotation or go out of your way to see. If you just happen to be bored and it's on, you know, it's more than fine to watch. A four is... Just take my money. That means these are the very good to right before great movies. These are kind of essential films. These are movies that you should go out of your way to see. You might even like them enough to add them to your collection, add them to your rotation, but they are definitely worth spending money on and time on. And last but certainly not least is Rarified Air, and that is Certified Nerd. These are the legendary films. These are the films that you are going to add to your collection. You're going to watch them over and over again, and you're going to tell everybody about them. There are movies like Jaws, like Jurassic Park, and so much more fall into that Certified Nerd slot. By the way, I will still point out, we still do not have a certified nerd movie in the year 2023 yet. I understand we're only in the second month, and but we've done older films too. We have not had a certified nerd film in 2023 on any of the shows. I'm telling you, Cocaine Bear is going to be the first one. That or Quantum Mania is coming up. Who knows? Maybe that'll be it. Cocaine Bear could do it. You never know. You know, I mean, We've maybe- got a lot of heavy hitters. Creed 3 is coming up. There's a lot of heavy hitters coming up. I still have to watch the other two Creeds. Great movies. I don't know how you haven't seen them. I'm... Like I don't mind Rocky, but I'm not a boxing nah. guy. Like, like I don't mind Rocky. I've seen them, but like when they were, I just didn't get there. I'll get there. All right. Well, let's go. Let's jive right in. Give the nerd score, Ron. You're on the hot seat first. What is your nerd score for National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One, and why? All right. Real quick, because we don't a do half points, and b I'm not breaking this down to being nostalgic for us older people and not for those. I'm just going to give it a straight number. It's a two. It's overall not a great movie. It's a parody movie. You'll you'll if you're like us, you'll get some chuckles out of it if you haven't seen it in a while. It's not really worth a watch. It's not going to be in your rotations. I probably will never watch this movie again. Something if you catch it on a streaming service, even though I think I had to pay for this one uh, or something. Maybe I mean I rented it from Amazon. I'll say that yeah. Then I then I had to run it from Amazon too because there was some, one of the movies I had to run from Amazon. Um, it's not great like it, it it's there you might get some laughs out of it is it really worth watching 
probably not. It's not even really family friendly, so it's a two uh, at best, just because of the nostalgia. I mean, a younger Emilio obviously doing his thing, and Samuel is is always great. And the fact that this was just a parody movie, they did fine as acting wise, but so, like you said, some of the things fell short for the other actors, like William Chatner. You know, then then like I get it, it's a parody, so they had a lot of cameos. Some of the cameos were kind of overwhelming because they just kind of took a quick part out. In, 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 but I get it. It's it's supposed to be that way. So it's, it's a two if you're best. Maybe you want to watch it if you haven't seen it in a while. If you watched it back in the 90s, you know, you could rewatch it and you'd enjoy it. Well, see, I, I'm kind of going to give you my logic where I placed it on the nerd scale here. And uh, why? So for my personal self and somebody my age and you, because I got the chuckles out of it, I felt that it was a, a fine a candidate for a three a fine candidate like you know yeah where it's you know it's an average movie you know if you if you're you know in your probably i would say at cutoff age for this maybe 33 34 yeah. currently if you're currently in 2023 33 yeah. 34 that might be your cutoff age if you're in that age group of where you're above that age you probably are gonna you know it's worth if it's on if you can catch it i wouldn't rent it <laughs> you know i wouldn't pay yeah. for it that's why i'd say it would be there i probably won't watch it again i mean i remember watching it back in the day yeah. and i haven't seen it since and now i'm like oh yeah, i'll probably never see it again but i'm not upset that i watched it so like if you're talking about that group then i'm like yeah i could see doing that for myself if you're under probably the age of 30, because I'll give you the little buffer room because some of those people, you're not going to get the references in this movie. So you're not going to get the joke. So the entertainment and laughter that we got out of this being a comedy, I don't think that those people will get because they might not get the reference. Now, if your parents brought you up and you, you saw these movies and different things, you might get more of the references. So it might go up a little bit for you. But I think a lot of those would think it was a one. Yeah. Honestly, because they're not going to chuckle because the things that we laughed about were cameos and nostalgia references. They're not going to chuckle at that. And the regular comedy is not funny enough to like bring it anywhere. So it would probably be a complete waste of time for them. Okay. So I'm saying if you're under 30, it's probably going to be a one. So because of that, my official score on this movie is also a two. Ooh, I've been warned. Because I'm going to go in the middle of it because yeah. I don't think that it right. deserves to be higher because, yeah, my personal take on it, which is my critic score coming up, is, is a little higher than what it would be for a two normally. However, at the same time, I understand how, because we're giving a recommendation now, our younger audience is not going to know this yeah. movie or even give a fuck about this movie. I agree. Like, I, all the funny parts for us are going to fall short for them. Yes. But I'm saying anybody that's probably older than the age of 33 is going to have a nice little nostalgia trip, and it's good enough to have it on. I wouldn't go rent it like we did. We did that for the yeah. show. I wouldn't go buy it necessarily. No. I would, But if it, it ends up being on a Netflix or a Hulu or whatever one day, and you're like fucking bored, give it a w quick watch if you haven't yeah, seen it. You'll have you're gonna have some nostalgia chuckles. You'll go, ha, ah, I remember this and I remember that. It's gonna take you on a memory road more than anything. And you won't waste you won't be mad about the hour and twenty two minutes that you watch it. But I think anybody below that age, whoo boy. Like, like at best, I think anybody under 30, 30 or younger, I best I think that if their parents showed them some of those older films and they're or they're somebody who really likes film. Uh, they'll they'll probably fall in the two zone, yeah. but most of them will fall in the one zone. That's why I said, let's go with that group and just go in the two because I think that's fair as a recommendation score. Now, with my critic score, listen, it's slightly below average film. I'm giving it a 4.5. Uh, I know that's a little, it puts it right, you know, five is an average film that's right in the middle. I think it's slightly below that. Like I said, I didn't mind watching it. It's not like I'm like, oh man, I fucking wasted times of my life. But it, like the, con the real comedy in the movie, the what was written on script, was terrible. Yes. Honestly, none of it made me laugh. I didn't think it was funny. The only things I, they did a great job with cameos. They did a great job with the, the nostalgia for different movies and different uh, commercials that they parodied in the movie. So those made me laugh and chuckle because I remember those times and I remember all those situations. But if I didn't, I it would just be an hour and 22 minutes of what was supposed to be funny that wasn't because the written jokes in this movie are bad. Just bad. So that's why it's going to be on the, uh, the lower end of uh, average film at a four and a half, just slightly below average, because I think that the movie makers did fail at that, although they succeeded in other areas. Well, that does it. That is our scores for National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1 from 1993. If you guys would like to hit us up and uh, give you give us your scores and stuff, go ahead and hit us up on the social medias. Of course, you can find all those social medias and all the links for the 3FN podcast at 3 fnpodcast.com of course next week on the 3fn movie club review we will be reviewing 2023's brand new film 
Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, and the week after we will be doing another brand new film, Cocaine Bear. We're in the area where we're just going to be doing new movies for the next few months because we got banger after banger after banger coming at you i just love using that by the way so if you guys listen to 607 tws you understand that i just like that saying so uh there's a lot of new stuff coming out which is great for us now that we've gotten out that out of the way though ron before we go i think you've got some business to take care of one out of ten stars harry potter and the sorcerer's stone the worst movie i've ever seen in 2001 the harry potter posters were everywhere in hong kong i decided to go to the movie however i was very disappointed I did not understand what the movie is about until I read the book. I think J.K. Rollins did the good job in writing the story, but the movie makes no sense at all. All the plots are not linked up. The characters are bad. Daniel Radcliffe is a very bad actor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I find that funny because he's a kid. Many other better actors could be chosen. I think it was chosen just because he looks like Harry Potter on the front cover of the book. The costumes are bad. The special effects are bad bad the entire movie is not bad but very 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 bad if you want to learn about the harry potter stories go straight ahead to the books but definitely not the movies one out of ten stars hold on hold on so what the person is saying is that they casted the movie to look just like the character in the book he also goes on to say he's obviously a fan of the books because he goes on to really put over reading the books yes so why would Daniel Radcliffe be the wrong person to play Harry Potter if he looks like Harry Potter? He was a bad actor. I don't know about all that. I yeah. like I like Daniel Radcliffe. I'm just going to no. point out that, that... He was a kid. He was I, like eight. And I understand why you picked that one while you were laughing because I know you picked it because of that absurdity, but what the fuck? <laughs> like, seriously, like I, I think that means casting did their job. Yeah, I, I, I do have to agree with that. Like, I've never taken that away from Dad, Daniel Radcliffe. He like, looks like he Harry looked, Potter. He looked like Harry Potter, and I guess what? If it wasn't him, it would have been a different child actor that looked like Harry Potter. I mean, I, what is this? What did this guy want? Danny DeVito as fucking Harry Potter? <laughs> he was like, man, go out there and hire fucking Patrick Stewart. He's like, go ahead, man. Go ahead. That's what we want is Harry Potter. You know, like, old man is Harry Potter. What the fuck were you? What? what? Harry Potter just sucks, people. Uh, man, if you, once again, we do not want that smoke here at the 3FM Podcast. Send all your hate to Ron. You can do that on Twitter, at RedX230. Man, as soon as you get some hate mail, I'm going to I have not, I've gotten nothing. I know. I, I, I'm surprised we haven't. I'm surprised I haven't gotten hate mail on the email even. Jesus. <laughs> uh, that means some people don't listen past the uh, the review. We know that. That's fine. That's why we usually put a little bit of fun in there. That's why we started doing this, because it's a lot of fun for ourselves and see who uh, the real ones are, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's a kind of unfavorite part of the show. It is one of his favorite parts. And there's other people that I know that after they found out that we do this part, I mean, there's some people who always listen to the yeah. end anyways, but I know there's some people who didn't know we did this at the end of the show and they've listened for a while and they learned about it like a couple years ago because we've been doing this since day one pretty much. Probably episode 20. It was something like, because it was just, because it, it started out with uh, Return of the Jedi. Right. Well, well, we like were, I, said, I think it was episode 20. Yeah, it started some, because, like we sh- because during the first, I think around episode 10-ish, me and you started fucking with Diesel yeah. about how, because he loves Return of the Jedi and we kept saying about how it sucked yeah. just to fuck with him for the most part. Yeah. And I think you started and reading reviews. The, bad reviews. Re- I think your first bad review that you read and you broke it at the end instead of your normal goodbye. Yeah. Was actually like episode twenty, yeah, something and then like you that. continued through <laughs> the year, and then we switched. Then it was like, oh shit, let's catch on. So it switched over, and you've done yeah. different movies since. Yeah. So I know some people have caught on, and they've gone back and listened to episodes <laughs> just to be like, oh my god. And it's funny because he does; he pulls them up off the internet. So it's like they come from different sites. A lot of them yeah. come from like Amazon, Google. Yeah, well, uh, I, I know some from Rotten Tomatoes. It's, you, I, you pull them from different sites. I, I try to get the ones that are quick and easy, especially after being on and recording. Cause sometimes we record how long we record, so I try to. You know, have it quick, but there's just like uh, last year, there was so many that were just so freaking long. That was Titanic or yeah. Avatar? Av- no, it was, uh, 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 it was Titanic last Ti- year. Titanic, yeah. Because yeah. you did you did both James Cameron yeah, yeah. films you didn't like, and, and the in our run, and our, our, we're we're going. To, this is year five. Yeah. We're, going, we're, we're finishing out into a year five, uh, which is kind of weird because our five-year anniversary is coming up in April. But think, think about it. We're, this is actually our fifth year of doing the yeah. show. It's weird how the anniversary is actually technically at the end of your year because you have yeah. year zero to one is your first year. Yeah. So you've been, we've been through five years of this show. Yeah. 
yeah, ironically yeah. enough. So I just think it's funny that we, you know, when people <laughs> discover it. If you guys are listening now, you're like, fuck, man. If this is the first time you're listening, you're like, man, that's pretty interesting. So yeah, he just picks things that he likes. And sometimes, it's, most of the time, he tries to find something that other people love that he just doesn't like, <laughs> which is, is always fun. Uh, we, we, I disagree with the Titanic because I like Titanic. So does Diesel. <laughs> but we let him go. We let yeah. him go. Uh, of course, Diesel cringed the whole time he did Return of the Jedi. It was great. <laughs> yeah, because it was Return of the Jedi, John Wick. Uh, Avatar, Avatar, and then Titanic, Titanic and now into, we're yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, originally we were going to reverse it. At one point, yeah, actually, I, we were going to do a movie that you like that most people hate, yeah. and then he's like, "I'll save that because I found a different thing." Yeah, so I, I didn't know. I, 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 he doesn't tell us we before I, he reads the first one. Yeah, I do have, I do have an idea because I almost did another movie this year that is actually one that I like, but I was going to read bad reviews about it too. because ah, because it is actually part of another group of movies and best stuff. men uh, no that, that'd be the one i'd read good reviews on so all right so with that we're, we've come to the end of the show <laughs> and uh, thank you guys for tuning in we'll be back next week of course next week we'll be reviewing ant-man and the wasp quantum mania until then take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly later nerds later and if you have the opportunity to you know have a one minute smoking in quotation mark session with Kathy Ireland, I saw a picture of her recently. Still would. Just throwing it out there. Harry Potter just sucks people.